7: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Sports Radio.
6: You're darn right. He's back. Bernie Fratto with us in week 14. Bernie, what is happening?
8: Dan, great to be with you. Welcome to the NFL Circa 2022, week 14. We had a five win team favored over a 10 2 team. The Detroit Lions have a better record than both the Green Bay Packers and the L.A. Rams. Baker Mayfield is now the quarterback. For the defending world champs, and Dan, we're just getting started.
6: We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there: an unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com—the way tire buying should be. We'll get to all that and so much more. Three games in this late window, and there is one game that grabs the headlines because of the matchup but it's not the one that probably means the most when it comes to the postseason. We'll explain in just a little bit. Get Bernie on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. The Panthers are knocking on the door in Seattle trying to extend their 10-0 lead. The Niners are driving with a 7-0 lead against the Buccaneers. Tampa thought they had a 68-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady to Mike Evans, called back because of penalty. So Tampa had to punt it away to the Niners. Niners get the football back and are driving. And the Chiefs have the football in Denver territory, already up 13 on the Broncos. And that's where I want to start, Bernie, because this play by Patrick Mahomes that you heard Monty play in the highlights. I, I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. A month ago, Bernie, I was on remote for Fox Sports Radio, and we were in Kentucky in Lexington uh, for the Breeders' Cup. And I was talking with some friends that work for uh, iHeartMedia, and. We were talking about quarterbacks in the NFL, and I said, you know, I go, honestly, I go, I think I would take Josh Allen right now over Patrick Mahomes. And Bills have hit a bit of a slide, something we'll maybe get into despite the win today. But this Patrick Mahomes play, Bernie, the it's not just the normal no look. This is like, it reminded me of maybe like a Pistol Pete pass. Maybe something like white chocolate Jason Williams would do. Like, this is this is at the level that Patrick Mahomes is at. And to find Jarek McKinnon on this run, and if you're driving in your car, you weren't able to see it. But I guarantee you, not only will you see the highlights tonight, not only will you see the highlight tomorrow, you will see it over the next decade for this pass from Patrick Mahomes. I just, you know, every time I want to n- not count him out, but maybe be like, all right, somebody's reached his level. He goes and does something else, and he did it again today in Denver. It's just amazing to watch him play.
8: Well, this just in uh, turns out Mahomes is pretty good. They might have to find a higher league for him, Dan. And to your point, (laughs) there's no – as John Facenda once said, when you describe Patrick Mahomes, you drain the vocabulary of superlatives. This is a guy that you have to prepare two defensive game plans for. The one that you scheme based on the Chiefs' offense – and then the second one for when the play breaks down because the man's indefensible. He's already today we're not even at halftime yet. He's thrown for over 200 yards, 132.3 rating. What's the bottom line? What he does and what he shows the fan base every week. You think you've seen it all, Dan, and when you think you've seen it all, you see something new.
6: Yeah, and, and, and this is you know this is maybe a, what a, you know far sort of pass, you would say. But he's so not farv in the way that he doesn't put the ball in reckless spots. And it's just this extreme confidence, it's this extreme playmaking that is just I mean you talk about, I mean you talk about it. And I know we're not having anything that's groundbreaking here when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, but but it is it is such a capital I and such a capital T when it comes to Mahomes that even even with all the greatness that he's done, you talk about running out of superlatives. He still can do something that will shock you and surprise you. And I thought I don't think Denver had a chance to win. Thought maybe they had a chance to cover that number today. But Patrick Mahomes is just not going to let that happen as he continues to be a thorn in the side of the Broncos. And it's just it's just I I just wanted to start out with with the show because the play is just one that you're going to see over the next decade. And I'm glad you referenced, just
8: as a matter of juxtaposition, Josh Allen. Because when you talk about a Josh Allen, or you talk about a Patrick Mahomes, or even a Joe Burrow, who's actually beat Mahomes three times in a row, somewhat like picking out your favorite noodle in a plate of spaghetti. However, Patrick Mahomes has been to two Super Bowls, 1-1. It feels like he's going back this year, coming off a loss. Patrick Mahomes is the type of guy, I will say this, Cause I don't ever get involved in the Jordan LeBron arguments. I saw them both play courtside. I have my opinions, but if I had one game to win and my life was on the line, I want Patrick Mahomes to have the ball. And you just saw why about 20 minutes ago.
6: You know, and it may be, it may be favor, You know, uh, maybe perfect timing considering some of the issues that the the Bills are having, even though they got the the win today. But even with Buffalo overtaking last week the uh, the top spot in the AFC. When you look at what the Chiefs have and what they have left, it is very manageable for them. I mean, this is the first of two games that they have against Denver. They've got the Texans. You wonder what the Texans have uh, next week after what they had with uh, with the Cowboys today. It's just you know, the, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Buffalo, you are gonna ha- you're gonna have to win out because I just don't see a way where Kansas City. Ends up faltering as they just got into the end zone again. Jarek McKinnon's second touchdown. Uh, maybe not as dramatic with the throw, but the leap that McKinnon took into the end zone on the screen pass uh, just as artful. So Kansas City now up 19 to nothing. Uh, extra point, or at least point after attempt, coming up midway through the second quarter in Denver. And there's a, probably a good reason, too, Bernie, why we need to start out talking about Patrick Mahomes because this game is about to be over with. And so for the next two hours, Forty-five minutes. There may not be much to say about this game as the Chiefs are just putting it on Denver. And What's a very nice day in Denver today? Just uh, you know, I think high fifties, uh, sun is shining, and uh, nothing is stopping the Kansas City Chiefs right now. This this may be the only time we can talk about the Chiefs because it's going to be as close as it is right now.
8: Yeah, you typically don't want to lay nine points on the road in a divisional game, but this is one where you'll make an exception. Not only is Mahomes at the top of his game. And to your point, Dan, I think you're right. I do not think the Chiefs will take their foot off the gas for the remainder of the season. That includes they can uh, the, the Chiefs conclude the regular season here in Las Vegas against the Raiders January 8th. I think that is going to be treated like any other game, perhaps even a playoff game, because with the new playoff format – You dearly would love to have that by week one. Only one team will get that by if the season ended today, it would be Buffalo, but there's still a lot of football left to be played. And as you can see, as you mentioned, Mahomes is just simply all business.
6: Yeah. Buffalo has that tiebreaker because of their win over the chiefs in Kansas city earlier this season, but you know the the Bills and Bengals will be playing in a couple of weeks. That's right. So the loser of that game ends up likely not knock, uh, being knocked out of the running. We know the Chiefs as you mentioned, you know Joe Burrow's 3 and 0 against them that uh the win that they uh, they had uh, uh, last week is Brock Purdy has just ran into the end zone for the San Francisco 49ers. So you've got these you got these scenarios here with where if uh you, you know you're the Kansas City Chiefs it's kind of there for you. You can have some teams knock you off Buffalo maybe stumbling a little bit. But yeah, it's there for Kansas City. They are not easing up. Uh, as I mentioned, Brock Purdy on the touchdown run, extending the Niners lead. Now 13-0 with the PAT. Kansas City kicked the uh, the point after. Chuba Hubbard's into the end zone for Carolina. As we told you, they were knocking on the door. He cashed in on a one-yard touchdown run. So it's 17-0 Panthers on top of the Seahawks uh, early in the second quarter. Seahawks, though, just gotten into uh, a Carolina territory. One other thing that I do want to ask you about, Bernie, because I think it's a a real possibility if this Kansas City Denver game stays the way that it is I don't think many of us believe that Nathaniel Hackett will be back with Denver uh for a second go around if they get embarrassed in this game do you think there's a chance that Denver could make a move uh with Hackett I I actually think yes that's my opinion that I but I'm curious on your thoughts for a Denver team that Sitting there with three wins, to be embarrassed um, at home against a, a team like the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs can embarrass a lot of teams, but it just would signify a lot for Kansas or for uh, for Denver. And I just wonder if the end would be sooner uh, rather than later for Nathaniel Hackett.
8: It's it's a bit of an imponderable for this reason. The new ownership, the Walton Group. This was not their hire. My gut sense tells me they let the season play out. They sit down with John Elway. There's no guarantee his future is solid in Denver. They're starting over, and it's pretty clear from the jump that Nathaniel Hackett started slowly and then faded. He's in way over his head. The Russell Wilson experiment hasn't worked. They haven't got anything on the return on their investment. My guess is they ride it out, and they figure it out at the end of the year. But who can know? I think the season's done for Denver, and it's just a matter of really – not really having any kind of idea how the Walton family wants to treat this situation because none of this is their doing, and yeah. I think they'll just start you know start fresh at the end at the end of the year. Just a guess.
6: Yeah, no, that's it, and and that's kind of where we are with this. I just wonder if it's gone so bad that you almost like you just want to. <laughs> you ever, ever ever have a rough time? And you're like you know what? Let's open some presents on December twenty third. You know, a, you know maybe, maybe you do it on Christmas Eve, maybe you do it on Christmas Day, whatever your tradition is, but you know what? Hey, things kind of been, you know, not so great for us. Let's let's maybe get a head start on this. Let's get this Christmas spirit going. And that's kind of the feel that I would have in Denver. Like, you know what's going to happen. The other thing, Bernie, is they, they're not even playing. Like, they're playing for their later round picks with their outcomes, but because of the traded picks that they have, the first two rounds to Seattle, it's not even like they can benefit in a you know in a certain way either way. So that doesn't even come into the the equation for them in deciding on whether Hackett you know should go. You could be like, hey, we would you know maybe if you want to tank, maybe you end up making that move because you have a higher pick. But it just doesn't even come into the equation because of of where you are without those first two picks. So I think that that just could kind of Just it could play and it could it could at least signify to Broncos fans like, hey, we need to move on to next year because there's just been so much negativity over these last three months. I've heard over the last couple of weeks that people in the know feel that it's more of what you're saying. But I just wonder if you have one of those outcomes today. And right now we're looking like we're on track for it. That you could uh, you could see that Seahawks have gotten into the end zone, answering the Panthers' touchdown. Tyler Lockett, the touchdown reception from Geno Smith from four yards out, but it's Carolina with that 17 to seven lead. Mentioned the Niners got in the end zone on that Brock Purdy touchdown run. They kicked the extra point; it was good. Niners lead the Buccaneers early in the second quarter, 14 to nothing. While Kansas City continues to lead Denver, 20 to nothing. Denver's got the football right now, near midfield. Running back Mike Boone, though, uh, being tended to. On the field by Broncos t- trainers as Boone is injured. It would bring up a uh, third and short for Denver with 5.39 left to go until halftime. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Bayer on Fox. A look at your fantasy numbers, plus on really what is the big game in this late window. Plus, we saw something that we don't see too much in the National Football League. But why did it happen in Week 14? Bernie Fratto will explain He's Bernie Fratto, I'm Dan Baier. It's all next year on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio.
7: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
9: and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah!
9: Do
3: you love Selena?
7: Like, really love?
3: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
6: Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, he's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer. glad to have you with us here in a week 14 on a Fox Football Sunday, get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. you can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox, because we're coming to you live from the tire studios, we've got another score in Denver, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's not the offense, and Bernie, it's just on the heels of of what we were just talking about. The Broncos, for those of you that may be driving, may be home, may not have that game on in your market, Broncos were facing a third and two just past midfield. In fact, they had some time because I think we mentioned Bernie Mike Boone ended up being injured. So third and two, they're in Kansas City territory at about the Chiefs 45-yard line. And they choose to run the football with Latavius Murray, which I don't love that move. But that was the decision that they made. And Murray got about a yard at best. So it brings up fourth and one. Then you boot Russell Wilson out. Willie Gay puts on pressure, is able to deflect the ball out of Wilson's hand. He catches it, Willie Gay does, and then rumbles another 40 yards for a touchdown. And Kansas City's now up 27 to nothing. And those are the types of plays. And those are the things that I'm not saying I miss Cleo by any means, Bernie. It's just the scenario of, like, how things end up piling up and how things emerge that could lead to a Nathaniel Hackett being dismissed. Like, your star quarterback, again, the guy that you are paid almost $50 million to, you have time off on a third down play, and you decide to run it, behind an offensive line that does have some holes. You don't want to put it in the hands of your quarterback, but then you do on fourth and one. I feel that Russell, Russell Wilson is feeling the pressure of trying to do something on fourth and one ends up making that throw knowing he's got to get rid of it. And then it ends up at six points the other way, like all these things pile up and that's what could, could end up having Something to happen in Denver where it 's just on the surface you think no, but when you see a see an exchange like that or a sequence like that that 's the stuff that really really turns the fans off so that's that's I just it wasn 't timing and and I think you very you very well could be right in how this all plays out. The good news for Denver is they had to punt it away on the ensuing kickoff, but they were able to pick off Patrick Mahomes in their territory, so Denver does have the football. But it's those sequences of events, Bernie, that end up piling up, and a lot of times can maybe cause for uh, dramatic decisions to be made.
8: Well, you're not wrong. When you cross over into embarrassment, they are in show business. Uh, A couple of things. (laughs) We might have have buried the lead a little, Dan, in the sense that uh, Patrick Mahomes – and uh, and uh, uh, and Andy Reid coming off a loss, uh, you have a situation where they lost earlier to the Colts, twenty to seventeen. They come back, put up forty one against the Buccaneers and beat Tom Brady by ten. Then a few weeks back, or check that, yeah, against the Bills, they lost it uh, at home against Buffalo. They come back the following week, put up forty four against the Niners, beat them by three touchdowns. So coming off a loss, they're deadly to begin with, and they're hitting on all three cylinders. Football's played in three phases. Dan, I might have to recuse myself from the argument on this one for one simple reason. The 10 years I covered the Lions, the only time they fired a coach in midseason was Thanksgiving 2005 when Steve Mariucci was very unceremoniously fired by Matt Millen when he sat down with him and said, I can't win with Joey Harrington. You have to let me start Jeff Garcia. That ended their relationship And it really set the Lions back for years. That started the Rod Marinelli era. You know what happened from there? It cast a Paul. I remember doing post-game shows for the rest of the year. I just wondered, what did we really accomplish? You're not wrong. There's a multifaceted, this is is a very, what I would consider to be complex issue on multiple levels. I feel, and this is a guess, that they have a caucus at the end of the year and all parties are involved and they may clean house from the top down. Because this is a proud franchise. And John Elway simply thought he could repeat history when they added Peyton Manning a decade ago. Sure. Adwater, Super Bowl, here you go. What's lost in the shuffle here also is that Denver's defense statistically has been very good this year, Dan. Heading into today's game, if they just averaged 19 points per game in regulation, the Broncos would have been 9-3. and three. So there have been many times where the defense did its job, the offense let them down. So I don't know if they're as far away as people think. Looks can be deceiving, but clearly you've got a top-down situation. And with all due respect, it feels like Nathaniel Hackett isn't way over his head.
6: So the 49ers uh, may have gotten into the end zone. They are reviewing a Christian McCaffrey uh, reception that was ruled a touchdown on the field from 27 yards out. There is some question, though, on whether McCaffrey had possession of the football and was able to get two feet in. Geno Smith is having a heck of a day and not in a good way, picked off again by the Panthers' defense, and now Carolina's got the ball In Seattle territory, first and 10 from the Seahawks, 21-yard line. 5.45 left to go until halftime, and Carolina's already up 10 in that contest. Let's get a look at some fantasy numbers, as we're going to start positive, Bernie. We're not going to, you know, I started so (laughs) negative with the Broncos. we got to start positive, and the most positive guy at Fox Sports Radio is our executive producer with some positive news. Bo Benson is here with our fantasy hits.
7: Set, go, 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 go! Fantasy hits!
6: Yahoo. And misses! All right, Bo, what do you got that for is, us?
9: That's absolutely correct. I am by far the most positive person here at the uh, Fox Sports Radio Studios. Uh, starting with the quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence had a big day for the Jaguars. 368 yards passing, three touchdowns throwing, and he added a rushing TD as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts of the Eagles, running out of things to say about him. 217 yards passing, two touchdowns, 77 yards rushing, and a touchdown. His uh, backfield mem- uh, backfield mate, Miles Sanders of the Eagles, uh, 144 yards, two touchdowns on on the ground for him and then jk dobbins of the ravens coming back just uh picking up where he left off 120 yards and a score on the ground uh your pass catchers today justin jefferson set a vikings record in their loss 11 receptions for 223 yards so a ppr got to be very happy about that and then ed evan ingram of the jaguars their tight end, 11 receptions for 162 yards and two touchdowns as the uh, jaguars blew out the titans today
6: who would have thought that was your goldmine? Starting, starting members of the Jacksonville Jaguars, especially after Trevor Lawrence had to deal with a toe injury uh, throughout the week, uh, ended up starting, and that was bad news for the Titans. Yeah, as the by the way, AFC South is not settled for when we thought. I fully admit, Bernie. I thought and thanks, Bo, you can get Bo at. Is it Bo not Jackson still? Is it? It is. It it? is. I think it okay. might stick. Yeah, at Bo not Jackson. Uh, this is where you could find Bo Benson. But Bernie, I will. I will fully admit guilty in saying I thought that the AFC South was going to be uh, the Tennessee Titans. It may still be, but today's outcome ends up putting that in question. Considering the Jaguars and Titans had their first meeting today, which Jacksonville wins. Now the Jaguars are just two games back of Tennessee in the AFC South. There's another meeting later this year. This is also the week where the Titans fire their general manager. Like this is, this is, uh, yeah, things aren't going well in Nashville right now. And there may be a small, uh, you know, slice of that door open where the Jaguars can end up putting their foot in.
8: I'm very impressed with the effort the Jaguars give, and on both sides of the ball, Dan, they sacked Ryan Tannehill four times today, and I saw part of the game, Trevor Lawrence was dropping dimes. 368 yards, three touchdowns. He really looked fabulous, and hes it's not like he's throwing to you know Jerry Rice and John Taylor. He's throwing to Raiders cast-offs and Arizona Cardinals cast-offs and Lions cast-offs and looking good doing it. And the Jacksonville rushing attack didn't have a whole lot on the ground today, but it feels like Trevor Lawrence really put the team on his back. And of course, Doug Peterson, former quarterback in the national football league knows a thing or two about the position. And it's pretty clear that Trevor Lawrence has been able to rebound from the, you know, debacle last year in his rookie year under, under urban Meyer. But I really like the way Jacksonville competes and, that they're trending upward. They're now their point differential is even on the year, and they're within striking distance, actually. And, and, and you mentioned how crowded this division is. Indianapolis, 4-8. Okay, you can write off the Texans. But the Tennessee Titans had a chance to really take a stronghold today, and they failed at it. They're 7-6. and six. A lot of football left. And if you look at the way... Jacksonville is trending upward. And the way the Titans are trending downward, their point differential on the year, now minus 35. They've lost three in a row. You're right, Dan. The AFC South is far from decided.
6: Yeah, the only saving grace maybe at least for the Titans is that they do have a matchup with the Texans coming up, but both teams still play the Cowboys. I'm talking about the Jaguars and Titans. And and honestly, uh, you know, I thought today would have been a day for Tennessee to be able to strut their stuff, and they weren't able to do it. You just wonder on how much uh, turmoil is there. Uh, As we mentioned with the Robinson dismissal, uh, they haven't been hitting home runs with draft picks. There's, you know, the, What do they do well aside from handing the ball off to Derrick Henry? Now, we thought they got after the quarterback, but now we've seen that that secondary can be torched. Um, And then when you're trying to play catch-up like they are, then Derrick Henry, who had a nice game today, but still that game that Derrick Henry has today, a lot of times is the game that the the, the Titans win, not uh, lose by 14 in a game that maybe wasn't even that close. So it could be that... Who you know? Again, we're going to have a have a bad division winner from the AFC South, but by no means is it a given that it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Is the Jaguars sitting there? Uh, just two games back and another meeting with the two teams in Jacksonville at the end of the season. Get Bernie on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Bernie will pay off that nugget of what we saw in the NFL today that uh, yeah, just doesn't happen too often in the National Football League. But first we head to the news desk for the latest of what's happening not only in these three games but what happened earlier in week 14. Monty Bolaños is here. Hello Monty.
11: Hi guys. Happy Sunday. It's Sunday right? I lose track of life a lot. This was
6: also a day where Monty <laughs> was questioned to appear Questionable. Uh, because of plans, yet she's a gamer. Like, she yeah. shows up unlike T. Higgins today oh. who completely ruined my fantasy. You know, guess what? T. Higgins off the injury report. He's good to go. <laughs> Plays one snap and but we don't even he? see yeah. him. Yeah, we don't even <laughs> see him anymore in Cincinnati.
11: Oh, oh, yeah, that was rough. I know. Uh, listen, every week there's a, a different star as to why I hate fantasy football. Alright, yeah, so this week, this week Saquon Barkley was the star. <laughs> okay, so I can... And and Mark Andrews was a close co-star, okay, as to why I hate fantasy football. But let's talk about the games going on right now because the Broncos are showing a little sign of life. Russell Wilson found Jerry Judy, so they're officially on the scoreboard with a touchdown, but it's been Chiefs. I mean, they've been dominating this whole game. 27 to 7 is the score with a little over a minute to go in the first half because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I mean, 15 of 24 for 250 yards and two touchdowns, and we still have a minute to go in the first half. Ridiculous. The Buccaneers, they're not showing any signs of life. They haven't scored yet. The 49ers have been all over them. Brock Purdy is doing some purdy things, let me tell you. He already has 109 yards and a touchdown in the air and a touchdown on the ground as the 49ers are just dominating the Buccaneers 21-0 halfway through the second quarter. And the Panthers have extended their lead over the Seahawks. They just hit a field goal, so they are up 20-7 with two minutes to go in the first half. We did have seven games that have wrapped up today. on this NFL Sunday, we got to talk about the Eagles because they're the first team to clinch a playoff spot. They dominated the Giants 48 to 22. Remember, uh, Saquon Barkley did nothing. Nine carries, 28 yards. What are you doing to me? Miles Sanders, though, you heard Bo Benson. He had 144 yards and two touchdowns. For the first time in his career, he has 1,000 yards rushing. For the first time in his career. And then Jalen Hurts, he has his 10th rushing touchdown in today's game. He joins Cam Newton as the only quarterbacks in NFL history with ten or more rushing touchdowns in multiple seasons, and the first to ever do it in consecutive seasons. The Jaguars, yeah, they topped the Titans, no problem, thirty-six to twenty-two. While the Lions defeated the Vikings, thirty-four to twenty-three last week. I said Jared Goff, Jared Goff MVP. This week, I can say it again, Jared Goff MVP. Twenty-seven of thirty-nine for three hundred and thirty yards and three touchdowns in the victory. Detroit has won five of their last six games. And the Bengals, they had a slow start, but they beat the Browns 23-10. to Joe Burrow threw for 239 yards and two touchdowns. He did have one interception. And reports just came out that Bengals' pass rusher Trey Hendrickson suffered a broken wrist in this game. He still played the fourth quarter with a broken wrist. They're expecting him to miss a few weeks. The Bills defeated the Jets 20-12. Mike White, he, he had to go to the hospital after the game as a precaution. He got sacked a few times. They want to check out his ribs and tests for potential internal injuries. And the Cowboys, oh, the Cowboys, they survived, yeah. 27 to 23 over the Texans, uh, a nutty game at the end. But the, they, they came out on top. And the Ravens, they held on and they beat the Steelers 16-14. Ravens were playing without Lamar Jackson. They had to you know, use uh, Tyler Huntley. And then Tyler Huntley had to leave the game because of a concussion. And then they used Anthony Brown nobody knew who this guy was. Poor Anthony Brown, 3 of 5 for 16 yards, but the Ravens held on. They beat the, the Steelers. Win. Yeah, 16 to 14. Back to you guys.
6: Thank you very much, Monty. Yeah. uh Just when I was praising Patrick Mahomes earlier for not putting the ball in harm's way, he's thrown his second consecutive interception. Uh, this time, Patrick Sertan made a heck of a play at midfield, so the Broncos have the football back. Monsi told you they scored on the Jerry Judy touchdown. Still down 20, but right now the uh, Broncos is getting near midfield, going to be facing a third down and uh, inches uh, with uh, just under a minute to go until halftime there. The Lions beat the Vikings today. This is not a time for me to pile on with Minnesota. Uh, This is time for Bernie to let us in on some information. We don't... The Lions were favored... But again, the Vikings are coming into this game uh, at the time with a 10-2 and record. You had the, the Lions with just their five wins at the time. But the Lions, a home favorite against the Vikings. How did Vegas react to this matchup that ended up seeing the Lions get this double-digit victory?
8: Dan, it would not be inappropriate for you to take a little victory lap. A few weeks ago... You know, as Yogi Berra once said, you can observe a lot by watching. Your eyes told you something wasn't quite right with the Vikings. You weren't trashing them. You knew they were winning, but something wasn't quite right. Well, the Vikings at ten and two by the numbers here in Vegas simply do not profile as a ten and two team when you unpack metrics that are important. For instance, heading into today's game, the Vikings have been out yarded by the tune of 70 yards per game. Today, they were out-yarded by the Lions by 68 yards. Their point differential heading into today was plus 10 for the entire year. They've been out-yarded 11 out of 13 games. There are three defensive metrics, yards per rush, passes, uh, yards per pass, and total defense, in which the Vikings ranked 31st twice and last in the third category. You add it all up, and yes, and Steve Hartman brought this up earlier, and he's not wrong, the Vikings are 9-0 in one-score games. Why is that bad? It's not. But when you contextualize it against these numbers, it doesn't add up. You have a situation where it's what we call a what on what go, uh, goes up must come down mm-hmm. dynamic. And it happened today with the Vikings. Now, the Vikings saving grace, actually their, their uh, defense is their red zone defense ranked 10th. But the Lions red zone offense ranked first, and you saw it prevailed. So by the numbers, the Vikings might have been 10-2, and two, but based on various things that add up to what your real you know, effort and success is over the course of a season, the Lions were the appropriate favorite. The most bet game in Vegas, the Lions were actually bet fairly heavily. And when you saw the game on the field, at least today, the Lions were not only the better team, they had the Vikings beat Minnesota a few weeks back and beat the Vikings in Detroit
6: last year. The Broncos are uh, driving. Uh, Russell Wilson a scramble gets him down near the red zone, and now a completion to Kendall Hinton has put them in the red zone. So the Broncos have an opportunity to close that gap against Kansas City. Uh, Seahawks are driving under the uh, under two minutes to go in Seattle, but down 13 to the Panthers, and the Niners continue that lead uh, over the Buccaneers, 21 nothing midway through the second quarter we had a stat passed along uh, to us from the uh, guys over at uh, at Big Fox as we like to call it that since 1966 there's never been a 10 and 2 team that was an underdog to a 5 and 17 but when a team had a winning percentage of over 80% against a team with a win percentage under 50% in week 14 and late, uh, or later since 1966 those winning teams or those better teams are 0-8 against the spread yes. and 0-8 straight up. To your point of what we saw with the, with the Lions today, is that is it is that just a matter, Bernie, of these other teams that we see with these losses? Are they Were they just as much of, I don't want to call them frauds, um, because there are other frauds in the National Football League. The Vikings aren't frauds. They're just not as good as we th- thought they were. Is that what plays into these other scenarios as well, or is there something else that we're completely missing?
8: No, you know, it's, it's, it's really hiding there on plain sight, Dan. Uh, over time, these statistics matter. If your opponent is gaining more yards uh, than you are, et cetera, and you're not outscoring your opponent uh, you know, by the appropriate number of points that would equate to a 10-2 record by something we call the Pythagorean theorem, the Vikings really – Present about a seven and five, or maybe a six and six team, and I actually invoked that stat last night on my show. The only other game I can find similar to what happened today was back in two thousand and four when the uh, Falcons were quarterbacked by Michael Vick. They were nine and two, but they were training in the wrong direction. They headed into Tampa Bay. Now this is when Tampa Bay was not very good. The Bucks were only four and seven, but the last three weeks they had been playing great ball. They were actually one and a half point favorites over Michael Vick and the Falcons, who were nine and two. The Bucks won that day 27 to nothing. So there's a great evening out process in the National Football sure. League over the course of a year where things progress to the mean, things regress to the mean. You're seeing that somewhat with the Vikings. I take nothing away from their 10-3 and 3 record. But again, the eye test caused you to raise an eyebrow weeks ago, and it's backed up by the numbers. Heading into today, the, the Vikings simply did not profile as a 10-2 and 2 team based on those statistics
6: I just gave you. Here come the Broncos. Russell Wilson, a touchdown pass to Jerry Judy, the second one the second time those two have connected today. This one from five yards out, extra point is good. Chiefs now only up 13 with just nine seconds to go until halftime. In San Francisco, something that we will keep an eye on. Debo Samuel carrying a ball near midfield. Ended up getting tied up and bent backwards. Not only did he lose the football, which is then recovered by Tampa, but Samuel remains down as trainers look at his left leg. One of those where he got caught underneath. Someone came and hit him on top, was bent backwards and his leg was in an awkward position. So now the 49ers just have turned the ball over to Tampa Bay, who will take over with five minutes to go until halftime, but they may have lost Debo Samuel for this game. As for what's happening in Seattle, Seahawks facing a second and 14 with a minute six to go until halftime from the Panthers' 33-yard line, and it's the Panthers up 20 to 7. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. There was another crazy game today with a crazy spread. We'll talk about that. And in this late window, the game that really, really matters is not the game that you think matters. I'll tell you why next here. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Byer. That's next on Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> oh! This
7: is Fox Red Zone Radio. And we've got the plays that you may have missed. Woo!
2: Russ looks left, now in trouble, throws a ball wide open.
7: Is Judy touchdown Denver? Jerry Judy wide open in the
2: northeast corner.
7: Now, Woo! back live to the studios of Fox Sports Radio. This is Fox Red Zone Radio. Woo!
6: Fox Football Sunday, it's Red Zone Radio. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer Bernie sitting in for George Reister today. As a lot is going on in week 14. You heard the highlight there on KOA, 850 AM and 94.1 FM in the Broncos radio network. Broncos have made it a game against the Chiefs. They are at the half. Kansas City up 27-14. to 14. Now, the Chiefs had jumped out to a 27-0 lead in this game, only to have Denver close the gap to 13. The Niners jumped out to a 21-0 lead on the Buccaneers. But we told you about the Debo Samuel play. Got bent over backwards, had to leave on a cart because of his leg injury. It sounds really severe. It didn't look good, didn't look great, but Debo did get up but needed to be carted off, so obviously going for more examination. But what happened on that play, he fumbled the football. Tampa got it back, drove deep into 49ers territory. But on a fourth and one, instead of kicking a field goal and putting points on the board, Tampa goes for it. And Tom Brady misfires, missing Mike Evans in the end zone. So the Niners take over the football up 21 nothing, getting a defensive stop there as they're at the two-minute warning. Niners having it second and five at the uh, 40, at their own 14-yard line. And then the Panthers and Seahawks at the half. D.K. Metcalf a touchdown reception from Geno Smith has pulled the Seahawks within six. But Carolina's up 20-14. to 14. I want to talk about that game in a sec, but I do want to clear something up. Uh, Kevin Seifert sent a tweet out. The stat that I mentioned about the 80%, uh, the 800 win percentage against a team that's under 500. Those scenarios all came in a... Week 17 scenario or what could be a Week 18 scenario now in the uh, NFL with the 18 weeks, Bernie, where you had teams that maybe didn't have a lot to play for, weren't playing starters. So that's why that number happened, which maybe makes it even more shocking uh, that the Vikings couldn't get things done today because they had something to play for. They have something to uh, to try to accomplish and were unable to do it as the Lions are now in the thick of things in the uh, NFC and that sounds crazy. First of all, as a guy who you know, you got the roots in Detroit. Yeah. What is what is maybe it it's not playoff time yet. But now all of a sudden you're saying, "Huh, you take a look at the standings, you see this, you see that." What is that like in Motown when it comes to uh to Lions fever? Well, I've always
8: said and I might sound biased, I believe Detroit's the greatest sports town in America because when you're in Detroit, you know it's provincial. You got four teams that are all homegrown. There's never been an expansion team. There's never been a team. Bolt, they win three sure. games in a row, and you got two Big Ten teams right around the corner. They're ecstatic. Dan, they're six and seven now, and in the last four seasons, at least one six and seven team has made it to the playoffs. So the Lions have their future right in front of them. And they beat a pretty good team in the Vikings today, although, again, not to beat a dead horse, even though they're 10 and three, they're. Point differential is minus one on the season. Look, the Lions had their best offensive line since 1992. They got weapons galore, multiple receivers, a a stable of good running backs. They have enough playmakers on defense. They're not great defensively. They're not even good defensively. But they're so good offensively and they compete and their special teams have been solid that they're simply going to be in every game. Now they're learning how to
6: close games. They also do things that can get fans going. The Jamison Williams touchdown, I think, uh, helped today and then you saw the Panay Sewell catch at the end of the game and (laughs) putting him in motion. Like, that's that's fun stuff. That's stuff that teams love and that's stuff that teams can build on. There's a lot of positivity going on right now in Detroit. Still on the outside looking in of the playoffs – But again, positivity in Detroit. Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking out a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own. Backed by a lifetime warranty. Roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty. Free home delivery. BigGreenEgg.com. 49ers are able to get a first down to work some of the clock, but now could be moving the football downfield as Brandon Ayukes caught a pass, had the ball at the near midfield. Niners up 21 to nothing on Tampa Bay. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer. Why the Seahawks-Panthers game should be the game of the week. That's
3: next. Do you love Selena? Like, really love
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: We've got scores in San Francisco, Santa Clara to be exact, and in Denver. Welcome in as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. It was Brock Purdy hitting Brandon Ayuk from 32 yards out. Extra point was good, as you heard Monty say. Niners with that lead on Tampa. While in Denver, Bernie, yes, it has happened. (laughs) You, You hear the music. You hear the music. Marlon Mack has just taken a pass from Russell Wilson to the house, 66 yards. Chiefs got caught with their pants down, let's be honest. They sent everybody (laughs) to Russell Wilson. He dumped it off to Marlon Mack. Mack took it to the house. You don't see 37s a lot in the NFL. Sean Alexander made it famous for the Seahawks, but running backs who are number 37, that's what Marlon Mack is wearing for the Broncos. He just went 66 yards, and the Chiefs, who were up 27 to nothing at one point, now find themselves in a six point game against the Broncos with just two minutes gone by in this uh, second half. But of course, you're going to have return of the Mack when Marlon Mack gets into the end zone
8: nice oh. well played by the way at this rate Dan by the time we get to Monty's update at the bottom of the hour we're going to be talking Nathaniel Hackett extension too soon
6: <laughs> right less than 60 minutes ago i was calling for Hackett to be fired tomorrow because of the effort that the Broncos put together and while wow, they have they have responded it is interesting to see on just because this was a 27 nothing Chiefs lead and the Chiefs forced a punt and got the football. And then Patrick Mahomes was picked off at midfield, which gave uh, – actually, was in his own territory, and it gave the Broncos some life. And what do you know? Now we got a six-point game, and the momentum is on the side of the Denver Broncos. Still, though, Bernie, even with what's happening in Denver – And what has happened with the Niners and their dismantling of the Buccaneers, the most important game of week 14 in this late window is actually the Panthers and the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. And and on appearances – you're saying, well, why do we care? I mean, we got Brady going up against the Niners. You got an AFC West clash with Patrick Mahomes against Russell Wilson. First time we've seen that this season with Mahomes and Wilson going at it with Wilson, a member of the Broncos. But when you look at where we are in the NFC, there are a lot of dominoes that are could be in play and could be falling down depending on the outcome of what happens between Seattle and Carolina. And just about 10 minutes ago, we were talking about the Lions in their situation in the NFC. They are now somewhat in the playoff picture. You mentioned the stat of a 6-7 team making it to the postseason. But you had the Giants lose today. You've got the Commanders on by. They're sitting there at 7-5-1. and one. If the Seahawks lose this game to the Panthers, not only does it put the Panthers in the thick of things in the AFC South, as crazy as that sounds, because the Niners are, look like they're going to beat the Buccaneers, but now you've opened this door for other teams in the playoffs that uh, maybe could be knocking on the door. I thought it was going to be eight teams for seven spots, but now the Lions are moving in, and if the Seahawks lose this game, you may have an opportunity where the eight lost teams in the NFC could have a spot and have some hope in making the postseason. All good, Gris
8: for the Mill. I I think at this point I'm going to give the Seahawks a bit of a pass I expect him to storm back in the second half, which just kicked off and and beat the Carolina Panthers. I know it's cliche, Dan, but if you lose the turnover battle in the National Football League, you lose 72% of the time. Geno turned the ball over, got picked twice in the first half. Here's the thing. The Panthers limping in four and eight. You talk about, I mean, it's been a masterclass for the Panthers this year in poor quarterback play. Between Baker, Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker, they combined for a 22.1 total key BR. That's unthinkable. Seattle knows they enter this matchup today with an 80% chance of making the playoffs. This is where I think Pete Carroll's going to be at his best in the fourth quarter. You mentioned very acutely about the Tennessee Titans, what happened to them. I've always believed their identity. I'll juxtapose that with the Panthers here. Their identity for me, ball control, field position, play physical, don't commit turnovers, don't blow assignments, don't make dumb mistakes, wear the other team out. Carolina has sort of, under Steve Wilks, gotten that identity. They play hard-nosed physical football, but they don't really have a lot surrounding Sam Darnold, and I like Sam a lot. I liked him coming out of USC, but let's face it, it's not been great. Uh, I will say this, though. I think the Seahawks can't play any worse. They fell behind big early. I think they come storming back. But to your point, if Seattle falls today, not only does that help Detroit, but that really puts the playoff handicapping in a tizzy.
6: And the Seahawks are playing without Kenneth Walker, uh, the, the rookie star from Michigan State. And part of the thinking was if they can, because of that foot injury, if it, best case scenario for the Seahawks would be that Kenneth Walker plays against the Niners in Week 15. But that game's on Thursday night. So there was a lot of there's a lot of chatter of like, hey, the Seahawks. You may want to save him, make sure that he plays for the nine. You know, plays against the Niners because there's a you know there's a division at hand, and and I understand that Bernie, but I also think that it really helps to be realistic, and it also helps that each game and to realize that you may want to put more weight of one game on another. But if the Seahawks end up losing this game to Carolina, it's the second straight home game uh, that they would have lost to a team that they should have beat because they should have beat the uh, Las Vegas Raiders a couple of weeks ago. And we saw Josh Jacobs completely run over that team. And you would have a matchup if you're the Seahawks with the 49ers. As great as it would be, a great of a story that Geno Smith uh, has in making this comeback, I just don't think that they're good enough to overtake the 49ers in the division.
8: Yeah, but I, but I will say this, Dan, and, and Gino's clearly been the story, but what's not getting enough press is the fact that the Seahawks have an above-average defense heading into today. They had 21 defensive takeaways on the season, second most in the National Football League. They have one today. Seattle also has 10 games with multiple takeaways. That's the most in the NFL. They've turned Sam over once. I predict they'll turn him over again in the second half. And even if you don't have Kenneth Walker, and the offense isn't clicking on all cylinders. The defense still held Carolina to about 130 yards in the first half, and I expect Seattle's defense uh, to, to step up. And I guess the score is 20 to 17 now. They must have just got a field goal. Yeah, just kicked one, yep. So I feel like this is trending towards Seattle to wear them down in the fourth quarter and let their defense take over. And if you watch the Seahawks play, I know it's not the Legion of Doom. But I will say this. They've been opportunistic, and they've been above average.
6: Legion of Boom. The Legion of Boom. That's what we've got. Uh, could be uh, reincarnated part two with the uh, the Seahawks. Your point. Mark it down, Bo. Bernie is saying we're going to get a, a Panthers turnover. We know Sam Donald can be prone, but we'll uh, keep our eye out for that. The other point that I do want to bring up, Bernie, and this actually goes back to last week. and. And I, listen, I know Brian Dable and the Giants are on tough times. I think a lot of us never really believed in the Giants uh, this season and what they are in a rough, rough day and don't mean to kick them when they're down. But there was a point in that game against the Commanders where last week in overtime where the Giants had it fourth and three uh, just past midfield with about two minutes to go in overtime. And we had talked about this last week. And the response that I saw for what Brian Dable did throughout various levels of media, uh, Bernie, last week, where that Brian Dable, by punting on fourth and uh, three in a tie ball game in overtime, didn't have the guts, didn't have the stones to do so. But I pointed out on this show that when you're looking at where the Giants are located in the standings, that they would lose a tiebreaker to the Seattle Seahawks if it came down to that point for a wild card spot because they lost head-to-head. Well, they also lost to the Detroit Lions earlier this season, Bernie. Mm -hmm. So when you start talking about why a guy would take a tie, it's not about how many stones he's got. It's not about whether he believes in his team. You got to figure out what is best for your team at that time and what can be best. And you know what's best for them? Is not to lose that game. To also get off of the tiebreaker. That if you have a tie, then your head-to-head very likely won't matter unless one of those other teams end up playing to a tie later on this season. So this this decision by Brian Dable, and I know it doesn't matter this week, but last week there was just so much talk about how he didn't believe in his team, and you know they should have gone for it. Well, if you go for it and you don't get it, then the Commanders have a short field, and now you've lost to them if they get points. you've lost all these other tiebreakers which would put them behind the eight ball. And this is this is why, you know, there's a lot of hot takes and stuff that you see, but if you look at the big picture, it's why I applauded Brian Dable last week for punting the football away, putting it back deep where they had a much better chance of keeping the commander's offense in check, with just two minutes to go and basically play for the tie. They just couldn't lose the game. And as we're seeing things play out today where the Giants lost again, now they're even with the commanders in that situation, that tie still really helps the Giants.
8: It does, Dan. Good point. And let's, let's treat this as it should be treated. Since beating the Texans and the lowly Texans four weeks ago, the Giants have given up 137 points. They're being on physical. They're being manhandled. If you saw the game today, they were severely overmatched. The Giants are banged up all around the field. They could not protect Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor, who even saw time today. They got sacked seven times. They're losing at the line of scrimmage badly. Brian Dable's already overachieved with this team, but they are what you see. This is another situation where... You know, you you trust your eyes, they'll tell you a lot. Look, Pete Rose said it best. Coaching a football team like driving a stagecoach. Without the horses, you ain't going forward. New York just does not have the horses. And give it up to the Eagles because the Eagles are just simply that good. They ran for 250 yards today. They did whatever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to. Jalen Hurts has become the classic dual-threat quarterback on the National Football League level. Now, what do I mean by that? There are plenty of dual-threat quarterbacks in college, who are runners first, that's their default mechanism, and they can pass a little from the pocket. Hurts can very much manage the game from the pocket, read defenses, make his progressions, but he also knows how to use his feet to keep plays alive, so he's a true dual-threat quarterback, and I think the Eagles are just simply that good. That's why the New York Giants... As a team with a seven and, well, seven and four, I think today heading into the game, they were a full touchdown underdog in a divisional game. That doesn't happen a lot. That's a testament, frankly, to how good the Eagles are. And again, the Giants are just simply banged up. Yeah,
6: yeah. seven four and one. Remember that tie ended up That's now right. seven five and one after the uh, the loss today. And as it stands, with how things have, have played out, if the playoffs were to start today. Washington actually would get that last spot over the Giants. But again, these teams all end up playing next week. They end up playing on uh, Sunday Night Football, actually, in Week 15. Football fans, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM on Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. That's right. Tune in on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock Eastern time as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app presented by BetMGM. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. Seahawks did kick that field goal. Carolina still leads it 20-17. Seahawks didn't get a turnover. They did get a stop, though, Uh Uh, getting Carolina, forcing a punt on uh, a third and short Kobe Bryant, the rookie from Cincinnati, breaking up a pass play. So Carolina's going to punt it back to the Seahawks. Midway through the third quarter, Panthers up 20-17. to As for what's happening in Denver, Chiefs have the football back. Denver actually were able to force a three and out for Kansas City, had the football down six, but Kansas City made their own stop. Chiefs have the football now midway through the third quarter, up 27-21. to And the Niners all over the Buccaneers today, 28-0 as that game remains at the half. Coming up next here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, we'll check in with our NFL insider. We'll find out what the Chargers have left and get the Dolphins bounce back from what happened uh, last week against the Niners, tonight against L.A., plus a look at who could be the sneaky team when it comes to the playoff picture in the NFL. That's next here on Fox Sports Red Zone Radio.
2: Uh,
7: this is Fox Red Zone Radio, and we've got the plays that you may have missed. Woo!
2: Birdie
8: back. Time. Pumps. Now going to throw for the end
7: zone. Wide open. Brandon Ayuk. Touchdown. San Francisco. Ayuk. Ayuk. Ayuk is on fire. Now, back live to the studios of Fox Sports Radio. This is Fox Red Zone Radio.
6: Fox Sports Red Zone Radio on a Fox Football Sunday. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer. The highlight there, courtesy of KNBR and the 49ers Radio Network. They have a reason uh, to be excited, and the fun continues. That was at the end of the first half with Brock Purdy and that touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk. Well, the Niners defense comes up big. Deshaun Gibson picks off Tom Brady. A few plays later, Christian McCaffrey runs 38 yards to the end zone. Extra point is good. We're a minute into the second half, and the Niners are blanking the Buccaneers 35 to nothing. And I meant blanking with the zero, I didn't mean like I was keeping out a word, uh, although that may have been apropos, Bernie. Niners routing the Buccaneers. Chiefs up on the Broncos, 27-21. Five minutes to go in the third quarter. Kansas City's got the football. Panthers have the football against the Seahawks, up three in that contest midway through the third quarter. Joining us now, as he does every week at this time, to give us the inside info on what's happening in the National Football League. You can hear him on the Inside the Birds podcast, also Sirius XM NFL Radio, and right here on Fox Sports Radio, Adam Kaplan joins us. Hello, Adam. Adam, how are you?
12: Really good, guys. Yeah, it's been a fun Sunday. And also, we had the craziness of this past Thursday's game at L.A.
6: There's a, a lot going on and a lot that we'll get to. We'll actually probably revisit a conversation uh, when Bernie was in a couple of weeks ago that we all had about what's happening with those Los Angeles Rams. But I want to start in Northern California, Adam. I didn't <laughs> believe in all the Brock Purdy hype after just the, the performance in filling in for Jimmy G last week. I thought maybe we were going a little overboard. Um, but what he's done today with the Niners and what they've been doing to the Buccaneers, I know it's a tough spot for Tampa, short week across the country, but this is darn impressive. What is the book on Brock Purdy across the NFL?
12: Yeah, so guys, it's interesting because if you look at his skill set, not the biggest guy, does not have a very good arm, has just enough arm to get the ball down 20, 25 yards, and that's really all they're asking him to do. But he what... The the Niners love about him talking to someone uh, very close to the team. Love the moxie, the one-two. He brings a ton of energy to practice. You know, he started off their off-season program as their fourth quarterback. Certain things happen. And now he's moved out to be the starter. They don't want to play Josh Johnson, who's now with his third tour of duty with the Niners. They want Purdy to take them as far as they can go. They're not counting on Jimmy Garoppolo to return at all in the playoffs. They know there's an outside shot the longer they go. But... Now there is a saying with backup quarterbacks: the longer they play, the more they get exposed, more the words show up. This is a guy who's benched multiple times at Iowa State. Let's not forget that. And that, that's why so many teams I spoke to over the last four to five days did not even have a priority free agent grade on this guy. They, they know he's they know he's kind of limited. But look, he's done a great job of executing. They're not asking him to do it on his own. They are trying to run the ball. McCaffrey's had a huge game, and it's getting done.
8: Adam, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, if, let's stay in San Francisco. If life were a Disney movie, Tom Brady would be oh. playing for the 49ers next year and they'd win the Super Bowl. But yeah. in reality, what's the level of interest from Kyle Shanahan's side?
12: In terms of what?
8: Tom Brady being in San Francisco next
12: year. No, but they're, they're going to go. Look, they, they actually, let's back up. First of all, they have an interest, as I understand it. Depending on where this goes with Jimmy Garoppolo, they do have some interest in potentially bringing him back. And the Bucks have to make a decision what they want to do. Uh, do they want to pursue Brady? They're, they're, we're way, way off. I mean, we're we're not sure. even in February yet. So let's let's kind of stick with where they are. Uh, they they their their thing is they want to kind of see where Jimmy comes back. And Jimmy's beloved by the coaches in the front office. He's got a really, a, by the way, a, a winning, a very high winning record for with this club. So now, in terms of Brady, we'll have to see. Again, and there's so much has to happen. A, does he want to play? Beat of the Bucks want him back. We're just we're we're so far away from that. I mean, we're we're a ways away.
6: Adam Kapler, Fox Sports Radio, NFL Insider joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Byer sitting in uh, here on this Sunday afternoon. Let's uh let's let's move back to to Southern California. I'm curious about tonight because on the heels of that week uh, last week where the Niners and Brock Purdy were able to take care of the Dolphins a lot of rave reviews from the Dolphins, despite in a in a losing effort that Mike McDaniel and what he's done with his team, now you got a Chargers team that seems shorthanded. What about this matchup that very well could go a long way in how we, we view the AFC Card? I expect a fun one tonight, but do the Chargers have enough to be able to slow down what we think is a high-powered Dolphins offense?
12: Yeah, I mean, look, they can score. and you know, Mike Williams will play tonight. He's come back from his high ankle sprain. Let's hope he lasts long. Uh, they've got major problems with their offensive line. Guys, technically, after Jerry Tillery was, was, was cut, and now he's with the Raiders, he's actually done a nice job there, they literally are technically down five defensive tackles, three on IR. Tillery, obviously who they cut, and then Sebastian Joseph Day is not going to play tonight. They have the worst run defense in the National Football League. The Dolphins, uh, with Jeff Wilson, they, they can run it. Also with Raheem Mostert's Raheem back from his knee injury. They're in really good shape here to, to win. That's why the Dolphins are a are, are favorite here because simply they just it, the matchups favor the Chargers significantly, and I, they 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 shouldn't lose the game. The Dolphins. Strange things have happened. It's been a weird league this year when teams are down in personnel. Sometimes they pull off up upsets, upsets here. But oh, yeah, and by the way, I love that. That I love that the Dolphins stated in, in Southern California. They they flew from Santa Clara to uh, L.A. and they're in, they, they practice at UCLA this week. I think that's a smart move.
8: Adam, I'm glad you referenced Thursday night, especially living here in Vegas. Uh, in spite of the Rams' bottom 10 pass defense, Derek Carr only threw the ball 20 times. So, I have to ask it. Do you expect Derek Carr will be back with the Raiders in 2023?
12: Funny you should ask. So, I'll answer it this way because it's exactly what the Raiders are looking at. This is what they have to decide. His base salary of $32 million becomes fully guaranteed three days after the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. They'll have to make a decision. Uh, they don't, haven't made any decisions. They all, they still have to play the season out. It's highly unlikely they're going to get a wild card now after that loss. But that's their decision. And that and by the way, he did an extremely team friendly deal, uh, which I know some some agents I spoke to said it was ridiculous to do that. But that's what he did. And. You know he's got to live by it, and they could walk away from. But there's a saying in the National Football League: if you're going to move away from a player, who's your what's your recourse here? That that quarterback is not on the roster if they move on. So they've got a lot to decide there. But they have, see the agent did a smart thing: make them make the decision early, and it, again it's got to be by that Wednesday, which is three days after the Super Bowl.
6: Panthers are knocking on the door in Seattle in the red zone, up three, while the Chiefs have just scored in Denver to extend their lead to double digits. Adam Kaplan joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Monty will have an update for us in just a matter of minutes. Uh, Eagles dominant today, uh, again, I know a team that you follow closely. But sure. Bernie and I were talking about the Giants. Um, I don't want to call them frauds because it's, it's it sounds very, <laughs> uh, you know, it's very rude. I don't know if yeah. they ever necessarily had it. Um, but 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 will they have anything over these final couple of games of the season? as right now the Giants are on the outside looking in on the postseason.
12: Yeah, and look, they're seven five and one. They've been a great story. As, as one Giant source said that uh, someone very close to the team said, "Look, we're dealing with smoke and mirrors. We know that we don't have a, a you know a great roster. This is a semi rebuild. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They don't know who the running backs going to be next year. Both their contracts are up." Barkley had a tough game. In fact, four out of his last five games, he really hasn't done very much. Uh, so, yeah, they've got a lot to decide there. They, their offensive line was in shambles so today. The Eagles dominated them. In fact, quite, you know what's unbelievable? The Eagles are averaging over 40 points a game over their last three games. So they're just on absolute fire. And Their defense picked it up. And Their much-maligned special teams were terrific, though I am told they're probably going to be without their punter a while who who has a bad left ankle injury.
8: Adam, last one for me. I'm having a hell of a hard time believing that Sean McVay and or Matthew Stafford would ride off into the sunset after this season. I just don't think they want it to end that way. Yeah. I believe they'll both be back. Your thoughts?
12: Well, Stafford, it's, he's under contract. He'll be back if it gets cleared. There's nothing really debate there. The issue is with, with Sean McVay. He got his extension. He and Les Snead got it before the season started. It just, you know, I had a, I had a note. Uh, in fact, Dan might have asked me at the Super Bowl, I said, and, and I, Dan, you might remember, I said, here's what I'm hearing from people close to him. He wasn't sure then what he wanted to do, uh, whether he wanted to coach again. Uh, he was just, he needed to take some time off because, look, they just won the Super Bowl. He got recharged, and he was great. You can't control injuries. I mean, they're down three linemen for the season, they're down their two receivers for the season, they're down their quarterback, and it's the craziness. But the, the, how about the Baker Mayfield story, which we didn't really touch on? Just uh, it's. One of the most amazing things of the 20 years I've covered in the National Football League, he's not the future of the team. They don't look at him that way, but they're going to get evaluation for him over the final four games.
6: Hey, provided us entertainment for what oh, was likely awesome. A, awesome. A, a a game that maybe we didn't care so much about. Adam, we appreciate the time. Uh, stay warm, and we'll talk to you in Week 15. Thanks, man. guys. Okay, thank you. Adam Kaplan, our Fox Sports Radio NFL insider. Tom Brady was just picked off in Niners territory. I'm 35 to nothing. Sorry, Monty. I I, I did what you were about to say, but, uh, Yeah, it's just one of the three games that we're focused on. Let's jump over to the news desk. Another interception for Tom Brady. I just wonder on how long we're actually going to see Brady uh, in this game anymore since it's so
11: out of hand. Well, you know, at the start of the game, Aaron Andrews was talking about how excited Tom Brady was to be, you know, in this area and that he actually, for the first time, asked for 100 tickets for friends and family. So he was very excited. I don't think he's excited anymore. No, 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 no. no. I think he's very angry because, you know, the Go and Mr. Irrelevant are having very different games. Very different. In fact, Brock Purdy is trending all over Twitter because of what he's doing for the 49ers. He's completed 14 of 19 passes, 185 yards, two touchdowns in the air. He also has a rushing touchdown, and the 49ers are dominating the Buccaneers, 35-0, and we still have so much game left. Ten minutes to go in the third quarter. The Broncos, 21 unanswered points, but the Chiefs just scored a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes found Juju Smith-Schuster for a touchdown. So the Chiefs are back on top 34-21, to but the Broncos, you know, have a little life in them. Russell Wilson has a little life in him. So we'll see how this one ends. They're about to start the fourth quarter. The Panthers and the Seahawks, this has been a close one the whole game, but the Panthers have a slight lead. 20-17 to is the score with a little less than three minutes to go in the third quarter. Geno Smith, he's thrown for 137 yards, two touchdowns. He has thrown a pick or two, actually. And then Sam Darnold, he's thrown for 114 yards and a touchdown. No picks. So we'll see how this one ends. And I am curious to see if the Broncos have it in them to come back in the fourth quarter. Back to you guys.
6: Thank you very much, Monty. And as you were just saying with uh, what's going on in Seattle, the Panthers just converted to fourth and one. Last thing I I could
11: tell you. Sorry. Cam Inman, who is a 49ers reporter, says that Debo Samuel has an ankle injury and is out for the game.
6: Perfect. There we go. Uh, not, well, not for Debo, but I'm glad we got yes. that information.
11: Ankle injury.
6: Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a if it was a knee, mm-hmm. if it was an ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, on what exactly happened, but mm-hmm. didn't look pretty. No. But heck, they're not going to need him in this one. No. Um, and and very likely not going to be able to play Thursday against Seattle. But again, the Niners will have bigger fish to fry as they and the Eagles look like they're the class of the uh, of the NFC. Thank you very much. Find Monty on Twitter yeah. at Monty Bolaños as we're live from the Tirec.com studios. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Beyer. Carolina just converted a fourth and one at the Seahawks six-yard line. So now it's second and goal trying to extend their lead. It's a 20-17 to 17 game, as Monty told you. But the Panthers trying to make it uh, two scores and punching in as they go to the end of the third quarter. Um, red zone offense today for Carolina, uh, two touchdowns at a field goal, so they've been able to uh, at least uh, make the most of it as this is their fourth drive deep into Seattle territory. Do you think we'll see Tom Brady again in this game today, Bernie? It's 35 nothing.
8: I'm uh, wondering why he's still in. They're teeing off on him. The only thing that could happen when he'd get hurt, they're, they're not going to win the game. And Tampa Bay, although they'll fall to 6-7, and seven, I still think they're going to probably win the AFC South. So, I don't think it serves any fruitful purpose to keep him in. Dan, real quickly, just to piggyback a couple of quick things on our conversation with Adam. See, I'm in agreement. Jimmy G, I didn't ask the question well. Jimmy G is actually 38-17 and 17 as a starter. I think they should bring him back. They've got no return on their investment on Trey Lance yet. And Brock Purdy should be serviceable. So I think you've got a decent quarterback room. And I'm not sure why they'd want Brady. I know that sounds crazy, given the state of the state. And one last thing, because I covered Stafford in Detroit, he had spine and back and concussion issues in Detroit. Getting longer in the tooth, and I know his wife's been on him a little bit. How much longer does he really want to play, given this spinal fusion thing he's got going? That's why I asked that question. Now, do I think he'll be back? I do, because I know Matt's an extreme competitor. He doesn't want to go out this way and have it in this way but i will tell you that i know there have been conversations should you maybe hang it up he got the super bowl he's all set he's got four daughters he's got his whole life ahead of him and he
6: has really had a lot of injuries in his career well there's there's also a, a you know a couple of things at at play and maybe it's not as easy of of a guy just wanting to continue to play it's also the fact bernie we talk about, a lot about legacy how players are viewed it should be noted, Tom Brady is coming back out. 49ers had to punt it back to uh to Carolina. So the uh the Brady coming out down thirty-five-nothing. A fourth and goal for the Panthers on the three-yard line of Seattle, only up three and the Panthers are unable to convert. So pressure on Sam Donald. A last gasp just throwing it up into the end zone was knocked away, so the Seahawks get a stop. It's 20-17. Carolina unable to get any points, but the Seahawks will take over deep in their own territory with just 34 seconds left to go in the third quarter. As for Denver, they're going for it on fourth and four early in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson has just thrown one up to Jerry Judy, who had the defender uh, on skate and drew a pass interference call so Denver will now be set up in Kansas City territory. A lot happening in these last 30 seconds, but back to the Stafford point first. Bernie, we talk a lot about legacy and where guys are. I don't know if Matthew Stafford's legacy changes if you even added another Super Bowl. I, I, I could be completely off base with that, but him winning one is I. It's enough. It's it. It there there is never. I don't think could be wrong. Could be could put him in that stratosphere of you know multiple Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, bypassing Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees with their just one and Russell Wilson. But I don't think we're going to look at him like Peyton Manning if he were to get two. Could be completely wrong. Uh, you know, like so when you're talking about like where is a guy? What does he want? What does he want from his career? Could be way off base, but I just think that Matthew Stafford's kind of solidified like who he is. And so at one point, if you're talking about the risk in the family and if you're worried about your legacy and your place in the game, I just wonder how much that changes, even if they were to go on a run and win another Super Bowl.
8: Well, to your point, how about Eli Manning? He's got two Super Bowls and there's people that want to argue. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, but there are people that will argue to the death that he shouldn't be. Uh, and I think you make another good point. Winning the Super Bowl last year as part of that team, when, frankly, they caught lightning in a bottle. The, the, the grand plans of Sneed, McVay, et al., they worked. They end up playing a Super Bowl at home. They got the NFC Championship game at home. They had to win four straight playoff games. Joukowsky, tart drops the arm punt, add it all up. Listen, uh, Vaughn Miller's not walking through that door. OBJ's not walking through that door. Uh, Andrew Whitworth ain't walking through that door. They took advantage. They caught lightning in a bottle at work. The best laid plans. Give him top credit. What that did was sort of validate Matt and Stafford because it always bothered me a little bit that he said he never had any help in Detroit or maybe maybe he didn't say that, but other people have. He had seven opportunities, uh, playoff-type opportunities, three playoff games, turned it over late against Dallas twice in 2015. He won seven in those games. He got to... But he played his heart out, and he played hurt, and he basically played the 2019 season with a broken back, literally with a broken back. To your point, his legacy is secure. It's like putting two stamps on an envelope when you only need one. He doesn't need that second Super Bowl, and frankly, I think that ship has sailed. I don't see the Rams winning another Super Bowl in the near term.
6: When when do I need two stamps, Bernie, because I am that guy. I will put two stamps on, even on a greeting card that i think maybe a little heavy i want to make sure that it gets there do you have any advice on like is there you know is there is there any any wisdom that you can cuz i am a double stamper when it comes to a bigger greeting it. card you know like a it. mother's day card that has the nice the <laughs> little heavier one yeah, it's got those glued-on rhinestones that make the weight a little bit heavier, you know. And you're like, I need to make sure I, I I'll, hey, you know, when, I it, when it comes to for that. When, when it comes to mom, I am not gonna have this card come back to me. I want to make sure it gets there. I, I am a double stamper. I am. Well- I wish here's the bottom line. Look, I, I'm no high school
8: dropout. I did go the full six years. But when it comes to postal matters, typically what I do, and I'm being serious, whenever I have something that's of serious nature, I go to FedEx, I want the tracking number, I want the whole deal. Mm. Even now now and then they'll lose it, but then you got the GPS and you can find it and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I do. Uh that's what happens, Dan, when I reach for a laugh line, fifty thousand comedians out of work, I'm looking to break into the business and it goes <laughs> just a little left just a, just a little outside
6: <laughs> oh get bernie on twitter at bernie fratto tracking number that's the key you can find me dan byer on twitter at dan byer on fox Broncos facing a third and 11. Heck, they just had like second and 34. And uh, they've made it a third and 11, um, down 13 to the Chiefs. 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's 34 to 21 in favor of Kansas City. Uh, Russell Wilson, I'll just tell you, ended up uh, able to scramble and now gets inside the five-yard line. But Wilson is knocked. uh, Russell Wilson has just got his bell run. he he is Russell Wilson is is on the ground it's going to be a first and goal but that is not of the importance right now um Russell Wilson is not going to see another snap in this game Uh, they just had a close-up shot of Russell Wilson after this run and you could tell that he was not aware of his surroundings so uh Wilson is up Uh, trainers around him but this is going to be Brett Rippon the rest of the way Uh, there's no way he's going to be allowed back into this game Wilson trying to run for the first down ended up diving uh, head first and his head ended up hitting the turf and gets the first down but Russell Wilson just knocked out of this game and there's no way he's going to be able to finish What's going on in San Francisco again? Thirty-five, uh, nothing. Niners up on the Buccaneers. Seahawks down to uh, by three to the Panthers. Twenty to seventeen. Seahawks having a first and ten though, deep in their own territory. Coming up next, we'll tell you what happens in Denver as the Broncos are knocking on the door. And the conclusion of these late games. More next year on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Do you love Selena?
6: Like really love.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Fox Sports Red Zone Radio on a Fox Football Sunday. Welcome in. I'm Dan Byer. He is Bernie Frano. By the way, you're not going to just hear Bernie tonight. You can hear him every, if you're on the East Coast, Saturday morning or on the West Coast, Friday night at 2 o'clock Eastern time, Saturday mornings, 11 o'clock Eastern Time, Friday night. Same thing with uh, Saturday nights into Sundays as well here on Fox Sports Radio with the Bernie Fratto show. And uh, Bernie sitting in today for George Reister. Get Bernie on Twitter at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. The Buccaneers are into the end zone, it appears. The Broncos have also gotten into the end zone. That is a fact. While the Panthers and Seahawks are playing a tight one in Seattle. We'll start there. Seattle able to get out of the shadows of their own goalposts, but a third down sack of Geno Smith has forced the Seahawks to punt it away to Carolina. It's 20-17. Panthers will take it over first and 10 at their own 26, 12-23 left to go. We told you about the Buccaneers and Niners, and it's been a one-sided affair throughout. It appears Tom Brady is throwing a touchdown pass to Russell Gage. It was a deflected ball that ricocheted off of Chris Godwin, a Niners defender, ends up in Gage's hands. He was right at the goal line. The question is whether Gage was actually in the end zone, but that game has been decided. It's 35-6 right now as they review the play with 2.48 left to go. Now the big situation in Denver. Russell Wilson had to leave the field with an apparent concussion. Replays just showed on the CBS broadcast almost of a knot that you would see in a boxing match near the right temple of Wilson's head. He had to leave the game. Bernie, there's no way he can he can return to this contest. I mean, this would just be an atrocious look for the NFL. So it's going to be in the hands of Brett Rippin. And Rippin was able to come through at a fourth and goal pass to Jerry Judy Extra point was good. Judy with his third touchdown of the day. We got a six-point game in Denver. Chiefs up on the Broncos 34-28. to 28. That's where we are in this late window.
8: Ten minutes Whew. to go in that game. And uh frankly,
6: uh you know,
8: it, it's maybe anybody's game. Same with Seattle. They've got their hands full with the Panthers 0-5 on the road this year, giving the Seahawks everything they can handle. This is the beauty of the National Football League. The Dallas Cowboys put up a 50-burger last week. Today, a 17.5-point favorites. They almost lose outright. Interesting history there. In their history, the Dallas Cowboys, since 1980, have scored 50-plus points in a game six times. The following week, and this is heading into today, they were only 1-5 straight up and against the spread. They almost lost again today. Sometimes
6: in the National Football League, it's survive and advance. They are saying that the call stands in Santa Clara, so Russell Gage's touchdown is good. Niners don't have a shutout, but uh, the 49ers have that big lead over Tampa Bay. Welcome to the Fox Sports Radio tailgate presented by the Big Green Egg. Nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a Big Green Egg. It's the most versatile grill you'll ever own. Backed by a lifetime warranty, roll with the best. Shop online for free delivery at BigGreenEgg.com. Lifetime warranty, free home delivery. That's BigGreenEgg.com. You also know what's going to happen here in Denver, Bernie? I'm not gonna guess the outcome, but there is no team that is better than working the clock in their favor than the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh
8: my God, so, yes.
6: So there is so you're sitting here, 924, they got a third and short. Denver's got all three of their timeouts. They know they're just gonna they'll work this down. They may not take any big shots downfield, but they know that they at least need to get some points to force Brett Ripon to score twice against them. So it's going to be a master class in time management put on in Denver as the Chiefs try to hold on to that six-point lead now with 9.24 left in the fourth. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Byer. We'll bring you the conclusion of these three games. And what happened to the Cowboys, even in a win? That's next. One game has been decided to hang in the balance, one more than the other. Welcome in. It's week 14 as we are broadcasting live from the tirerack.com studios. Tirerack.com will help you get there on unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be. Bernie, the last time we spoke, which was about seven minutes ago, I said it would be a master class in time management by the Chiefs. Well, they failed to get a third and one. We're forced to punt. But the defense came up big for Denver, pinned the Broncos back deep, forced a three and out. So Kansas City gets the football back. Now the Chiefs have their own third and four to try to convert. But Patrick Mahomes has just turned the football over we'll get to that in a second Carolina into the end zone you heard Monty say they're up 10 on the Seahawks with 6.57 left to go so if Geno Smith is going to have to add to that fairy tale he's going to have to do a bunch in a short period of time while the Niners just continue to work the clock with that lead against the Buccaneers but a big third and four you're in Denver it's not a wintry day by any means Uh, attempts in the 50s and 60s at kickoff Bernie but Patrick Mahomes Mahomes just through a bad interception. Josie Jewell, actually the second time Jewell has picked off Mahomes today, and now Denver with Brett Rippon at quarterback will take over. 5.49 left to go. It's a six-point game in Denver. Chiefs up on the Broncos, but as you heard Monty say, Russell Wilson out of the game after suffering that apparent concussion. Broncos taking it over at their own 46-yard lines. Crazy happening in the Mile High City.
8: Well, and after what happened Thursday night, uh, 98 yards with two minutes, no timeouts. uh, I guess uh, we shouldn't be surprised by anything, but this would be a heck of a story considering that the Chiefs had this game well in hand. And no sooner, Dan, do I sing the praises of the Seattle Seahawks defense. What a drive by the Carolina Panthers just running the ball right through them like a knife through butter. You know, sometimes football just comes down to blocking and tackling. The Panthers, you're watching them. You'd never know. They're 4-8 and and 0-5 on the road. They've dominated this game. Time of possession, 34 minutes to 18. They run for about 200 yards. The Seahawks couldn't do anything to stop them on that last drive. They ran the ball early and and took it right down the field. The National Football League. It's a week to week league, Dan. You just never know.
6: Well, the Seahawks have had a tough time stopping the run. It's you know, they can they can turn you over, which has been great and that works well, especially when they have a healthy True. running game. But without Kenneth Walker today, without DJ Dallas, you were gonna put a lot on Geno Smith's shoulders. And it it hasn't worked out. As you mentioned, the run defense isn't there. The Seahawks have not been able to put any running game together of their own to take any pressure off of their defense. And this is how you get in a uh, 10-point hole midway through the uh, fourth quarter in a game, again, that to me is much more important for Seattle than even the game that they have on Thursday against the 49ers because this is the game that – you're expected to win. I don't think we expect them to beat San Francisco. And with the way the Seahawks defend the run, I have no idea on how they're going to be able to stay competitive against San Francisco on Thursday night. But that's where we are right now. Seahawks, by the way, only have one timeout. Usually Pete Carroll pretty good uh, with their timeouts, but they've just got one timeout and down 10. Now in Denver, with what's going on, the Broncos' Brett Rippin is apparently thrown an interception. Chris Jones providing the pressure on a play. There is a flag on the play, and so we are I'm curious to see on what the uh ruling on the field is, but the the pressure by Chris Jones forced Ripon's pass to go straight up, then picked off. Um and the, the personal foul is actually on Frank Clark of the Chiefs after the interception. So that's where we are. The Chiefs have just turned over Denver 4:21 left to go. Denver does have all of their timeouts remaining in this game, so they can use some of the clock, uh, or it can stop the clock. But Kansas City right now in the driver's seat. It also appears that J.C. Horn may have picked off uh, Geno Smith in what is the third Seahawks turnover, and they're going to say that Horn did not get his feet in bounds on the interception, so the ball will remain in the hands of the Seahawks. But again, down ten in that contest. And we're not talking about Niners, Buccaneers, because that one's been over for a while. He is Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Radio on a Fox Football Sunday and Red Zone Radio here on FSR. Cowboys today. We have not gotten to them. You mentioned that spread, and I want to get to that. Uh, what, 17 and a half? Is that the largest that we've seen in the NFL so far this season? It is. 17 and, okay. that's. I, I thought that was the case. By the way, Tom Brady's still in the game. Uh, for some reason, down 28 to the 49ers, but Tom Brady's still in the game. But the Cowboys ended up having a game today with the Houston Texans in a game that we thought, oh, Dallas just going to continue to, to waltz through. This is just a uh, you know a, another game on the radar on their way to maybe a showdown with the Eagles. And it was anything but. Um, I, I have one issue with Dallas today, and it just didn't. It, it seemed like they knew they were going to win, and I'm not talking about late when they drove down and scored. I'm talking from the get-go. There did not seem like a sense of urgency with Dallas. And and at times I think, you know, we've seen how great Tony Pollard is. We we know how great of a back he is. They still use Ezekiel Elliott. At times Bernie, I think that they they use Ezekiel Elliott maybe a little even too much, maybe in 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 for their well-being. And I think at times it got him in in trouble today, but this is one of those games where I look at Philadelphia and I thought Philadelphia sitting there, midlife crisis. They lost to the Commanders. Maybe they're going to have a hiccup here, you know, a tight game against the Colts. And they've rebounded just fine and have moved on and now seem to be prime for a deep playoff run that could end in the Super Bowl. I know the Cowboys won today, but I just am not taking a lot. Like, a lot of times I'll, I'll say, all right, let's just move on from this one. Let's just move on and have this game be, you know, just one of those, throw the tape away and move on and get the win. I just I, – I don't like what I saw from the Cowboys today, especially after how great things were going on Sunday. I thought they had an opportunity to carry that momentum. And even though they won today, that momentum did not carry over. I was not a fan.
8: And, and justifiably so. Uh, the Cowboys turned the ball over three times today. And in the National Football League, if you commit three turnovers in a game, you only have a 6% chance of winning. Well, they defied the odds, even though, again, Houston won time of possession. Houston was able to convert their third downs. And for three quarters – Houston played harder. Finally in the fourth quarter, Dallas outscored Houston 10 to nothing. That was a difference in the game. I still don't know what the heck Lovey Smith was doing. You got the ball first and goal on the five with a three-point lead and you saw what happened, but that's how you play when you're one and 11. You're not wrong about the Cowboys. You're not going to be able to win games on reputation. And I still am not 100% sold on Dak. I give McCarthy and his crew top credit for what they've done this year, but I still think Philadelphia is the class in the East, and I don't know that Dallas has crossed that Rubicon yet. They're going to have to go through Philadelphia to get where they want to get for Jerry Jones, as he is now 80 years old and clearly wants another Super Bowl. So as you did with the Vikings a few weeks ago, you see a couple chinks in the armor, Dan, and they've got to clean those things up, because in the National Football League, it can be very unforgiving. Double-digit spreads, real quickly, just to put a capper on that. Yeah. Just blindly this year, any team, 14 or more points, Actually, not just this year. Since 2015, if you hit just blindly bet any underdog of 14 or more points, you're cashing it 67% of the time. And so today you got the cash, and you don't lay double digits in the National Football League. Even the Jets were getting 10 at Buffalo and 1 by 8. But to your point, Dallas is a much better team, but you wouldn't know it by the numbers today. And I think until the fourth quarter, perhaps you weren't seeing the best effort. They're not going to be able to do that.
6: Yeah, and, and it was there It was there for the taking. They actually came out and played really well. I think scored on their first drive, and things were looking great, and you could carry that momentum. Like, I get there are hiccups, and I get that there are letdowns. The Cowboys have the Jaguars next week. You know, another, another AFC South matchup. It's on the road, but it's not like they were peeking ahead to Philadelphia coming to town next week, which sometimes I can, you know, look at, you know, I can give a pass on you're like all right you know maybe they were getting ready completely can understand that but this today from Dallas was just one where again we were going down to the you know to the final seconds where they we almost had the upset of the year and anybody who's still a you know survivor in a survivor pool first of all kudos to you for making it to week 14 uh, second of all uh could have been, you know, sitting there biting your fingernails down to the wire because the Cowboys were such a such a heavy favorite. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer. This is what's going on in our late games. Seahawks were forced to punt. They only have one timeout, so they've given the football back to Sam Darnold and the Panthers, and you know the Panthers are going to run the football because Seahawks can't stop it, and the clock is ticking under four minutes to go. Carolina with that 10-point lead. As for what's happening in Denver, the Chiefs have just converted, getting a first down. It's now second down and six as Denver is out of timeouts. Kansas City is up six in that game. 3.07 307 left to go, so pretty much one more first down for the Chiefs, especially if they can uh, likely get it on on this player next. But then the uh, the Chiefs will be able to uh, to have their way, and Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> this this is the master class that we talk about, and I don't know if it's taught, Bernie, and it's tough to see. But when they need six, Jarek McKinnon got six and a half. And it's all, it's all that you need. You didn't need 26. You didn't need 36. You needed to get six. He got six and a half. And now the Chiefs, with a fresh set of downs, uh, will have an opportunity. They'll need another first down because there is the two-minute warning coming up to really put this one ice, but, uh, put it on ice. But, again, Kansas City now in Denver territory, um, up on the Broncos, 34-28. to 28. Tom Brady still in the game. Uh, Down 28 points with 10 minutes to go in San Francisco. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratter. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. One of the great stories in the NFL this year uh, almost turned into an awful one. We'll talk Jets-Bills next, plus a look at your fantasy misses for Week 14. All that's coming up next here on fox sports radio but first let me tell you that i want to welcome you to the fox sports radio tailgate presented by the big green egg nothing beats the flavor of live fire cooking on a big green egg it's the most versatile grill you'll ever own backed by a lifetime warranty roll with the best shop online for free delivery at biggreenegg.com lifetime warranty free home delivery biggreenegg.com it's all next here on fox sports radio fox sports red zone radio i'm dan Bayer. he's Bernie Frato. Two games going on right now. Chiefs just finished off the Broncos, thirty-four to twenty-eight. So Kansas City keeping pace with the Bills for the best record in the AFC at ten and three. Bills right now have that tiebreaker because of that win over the Chiefs uh, earlier this season. As for Denver, uh, down twenty-seven, nothing, and in a game uh, where you come back, and then Russell Wilson ends up getting knocked out because of a concussion. A, a strong effort, but now you wonder about the uh, health of, of Russell Wilson going forward. Bernie, that was, you know, that Aaron Rodgers helmet screen grab from, I think it was last year against, was it maybe against the Cardinals, maybe, I can't remember. But remember, Rodgers had like his helmet kind of half off and his chin yes. strap was like over his mouth. Yes. Kind of has like a, like a what the bleep sort of look on his face. Um, there was a similar camera shot to Russell Wilson, like in the same sort of area. Wilson was completely out of it. Absolutely, you could you could tell that he did not know what was going on in 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 that game or any other game. And then when you saw that lump on his forehead, just a scary situation. And you know the the Broncos are three and ten, eliminated from the postseason. We talked about Nathaniel Hackett's future, but. Uh, just a scary, scary hit from uh, you know on Russell Wilson, and you wonder really how much uh, you know when when someone's going to return like that. It wasn't a Tua like hit, but to see how much he was just out of it, just a scary scene today in Denver.
8: He'd clearly uh, been stunned. He'd lost his equilibrium. It was like a boxer who gets hit with a hook that it doesn't see coming. He yeah. don't even hit a lot. I tell you what. He got sacked six, seven times today. He got hit more than Rocky Balboa. When you leave the pocket, you become a runner. You're fair game. And these guys are trained assassins with bad intentions. That was, you know, Dan, it's interesting, too. Because one of the things that has been key to Russell Wilson's sustainability over the last decade is avoiding hits like that. I can hardly remember his entire
6: career. Can you, Dan, him taking a direct shot like that? No, no. And and it was, gosh, you know, here, here's here here's someone who, you know, fairly or unfairly has been criticized all season long and, and they had every right to punt on this game today. I mean they were down twenty seven nothing and they punted the ball back to the Chiefs and they didn't quit. And they end up coming back to it. You just wonder was it just him being a competitor? There was nothing normal or is it like, Hey, there's something more here that, that these are the Kansas city chiefs. Like I got to do more. You're right. You know, it was, it was a scramble. The scramble got him a first and goal, you know, like it was, it was, the play was needed and he did what was needed. So for as much as we criticize, you know, Russ and the Mr. Unlimited and the let's ride and, you know, I've, I've been in first in line to make, you know, a lot of those jokes, like, this wasn't something to joke about today. And to actually see what he did and what he came through, I think, tells you a little bit more about Russell Wilson that, you know, I'm not sure if people actually thought was, was happening or, you know, w- w- was still there. I think that they thought, like, you know, Russ was all about the, the shine and the glamour and, and right. getting all the accolades. But the, to, to see him make that sort of play and then have such a, you know, uh, scary outcome, you know, makes you feel a little bit for him, for sure.
8: He is a human being at the end of the day, and I think he's reached his threshold. It's been a rough year. It's been a rough two or three years for Russ, and it didn't help that when he left and Gino took his spot, Seattle's had success, and I guess you could say Pete Carroll sort of won that departure, as it were. Look, Russell Wilson has a good legacy. He won a Super Bowl. He was a whisker from a second one. We know what happened against New England. He'll never live that down. One of the issues is I think Russ is one of these people. He's a pleaser. He wants to be liked and the narrative I've, I've never met russ i know i'm a terrible name dropper and i've met a lot of people but i've never met him but from people i talk to there's just an uh, this is the narrative that there's an air of phoniness an air of pre-programmed uh stylistic speeches as it were and over time the cumulative effect of that has had a negative uh you know effect on russell's you know q factor as it were so i think today he just decided, you know what? It's me. It's Patrick Mahomes. I'm home. I'm tired of this. And he sold out because he hadn't been selling out like this all year. And it cost him a bit. At the same, you know, at the end of the day, he's human, and I think he's got ears. And I never believed when players said, "I don't read the papers. I don't listen to the radio." They all do, and they hear it just like we do, and they're no different.
6: Maybe too little too late, but the Seahawks got into the end zone. Geno Smith, a 24-yard touchdown pass to Marquise Goodwin. Extra point was good. Six-point game in Seattle, but just 16 seconds left to go. Uh, I want to talk about another quarterback that got dinged up today that, (laughs) tell you what, is earning more praise as the season goes down. We'll do that after Bo Benson, our executive producer, gives us a look at our fantasy misses for Week 14.
7: Fantasy hits and misses.
6: All right, live from the com studios, Bo Benson, who missed this week in fantasy football.
9: All right, uh, first uh, quarterback here. I I know he didn't finish with these exact stats, but uh, it doesn't matter because they were all garbage time. Tom Brady, uh, just 187 yards, probably a little more by the end of the game. One touchdown and two interceptions for him today against the uh, 49ers in a game that was uh, much more hype than it needed to be in the end. Uh, Going back to Thursday, Derek Carr of the Raiders, just 137 yards passing and two interceptions against a Rams team who is just trying to get to Aruba uh, <laughs> and not playing any more football. Running back-wise today, uh, Nick Chubb, usually dependable, just 34 yards rushing for him, and DeAndre Swift of the Lions in their blowout win over the uh, Vikings. He just had 21 yards on the ground. Uh, going over to the pass catchers today, Stefan Diggs, surprisingly, just 37 yards on three receptions. Uh, another Lion, Amon Ross St. Brown, 68 yards on six receptions for him. And then uh, Vikings tied in T.J. Hawkinson in a homecoming game against the Lions. Uh, six receptions and 77 yards and no scores for him.
6: You got the points in that game. They just didn't come from guys that you thought would get the points. You know, like...
9: I, mean, yeah, I think it was Justin Jackson had a touchdown for the Lions yeah, today. Yeah, T.J.
6: Chark scored for the Lions. Uh, you know, uh, Jameson Williams in and, and, uh, his first NFL catches for a touchdown. Yeah, you had you had the points. He just didn't, you know, you didn't think that... Uh, the certain guys would get him. Thanks, Bo. Again, find Bo on Twitter. New Twitter handle as of last week. At Bo not Jackson. That is the one and only Bo Benson. The Seahawks failed on their onside kick attempt, so the Panthers will take a knee and run out the clock and leave Seattle with a six-point win, which puts the Lions even more in the playoff picture uh, as Seattle falls and Seattle's got the Niners coming to town, and those Niners right now putting the finishing touches on a win against the Buccaneers, uh, 35-7. to montsey will check in, in a little bit to give us all that happened in, in Week 14. Bills got a win today, a 20-12, but this legend of Mike White continues to build, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on the Bills in, in a little bit, but knocked out of the game, has to go into the tunnel. Joe Flacco comes in. It's a mess. Uh, then Mike White comes back out. It wasn't pretty. Um, This game barely had seven points in the first half if it wasn't for a late Buffalo score. But even even with just scoring 12 points, the type of conditions that it played in, I know the Jets would want a victory. And I know that they beat Buffalo earlier this season, Bernie, which says, hey, we can beat them again. I, I don't think it's a bad loss, and this legend of Mike White just continues even in defeat when he comes back from this injury. But you know, I, I mean, man, I, the Jets are the team that are that are turning that corner, and they're going to be the team that you do not want to face in that wild card round of the AFC playoffs. Even with the loss today, uh, you do not want to see the Jets in that uh, opening weekend if the Jets make the postseason.
8: Dan, this Jets defense—I'm going to say it—is elite. They are physical. They swarm to the ball. They're very assignment sound. They don't commit penalties. They held Buffalo to 2 of 13 on third down today. They held that, I mean, this is a vaunted Buffalo offense. A total of 232 yards. The Jets actually outgained Buffalo by 70 yards. Time of possession right on down the line. Opportunistically, though, you know, a lot of times the National Football League will come down to four or five plays, and that's where you have Josh Allen Look, Mike White threw for 268 yards. But if the Jets had a legitimate offense and still had Brees Hall, I'll tell you, they're very scary. To your point, they're going to be an extremely tough out they get into the playoffs, and I still think they're going to. But when you go into Buffalo and hold them to 2 for 13 on third down, hold them to only 14 first downs and 230 yards, total offense, 4-point yards per pass, Dan, that is saying a lot.
6: (laughs) It's... It was the the Bills had about what would you say like twelve minutes of game time of maybe clarity where Josh Allen seemed to be on on his p's and q's, um, but outside of that like stretch that was mid game, it didn't seem like Buffalo was was really locked in. And then you know it it concerns me a little with Buffalo. And I again I talk about these midlife crises that you have in the NFL's regular season where maybe if you're a really good team, you kinda hit this dip. I, I don't know if I can knock a team that's one four in a row. But when you when you look at how they've won these games, when you look at how it played out with the Jets today, or how it played out with the Lions on Thanksgiving uh, this is, you know, a team that blew that lead to the Vikings. That was their last loss a little over a month ago um, on that, that great, uh, great, great game with the Vikings. I just, I wonder when Buffalo's going to get back on track. Just to put it plainly, like, when is the point? Is it going to be, you know, on the, on Saturday? They're, it's a Saturday night game. They're home against the Dolphins. Is it going to be, uh, you know, in that scenario? I just wonder when Buffalo finally gets, puts it back on track where you're like okay this is the team that now nobody wants to face in the playoffs i just i haven't seen it yet and it's starting to get a little worried about buffalo to wonder if there's something a little bit more going on there
8: this seems to be a rite of passage for the bills they have this mid-season yeah. dip two years ago remember the hail mary in arizona yeah The buffaloes were three and three in that stretch and then they had a bye then they reeled off eight consecutive wins got to the afc title game then last year They had that goofy win game in New England where, uh, you know, Mac uh, Jones only threw like three passes. They lose. Then the following week, they fall behind 27-3 to Tampa Bay. They fight back in that game, almost win. Same questions. Then the Buffalo Bills storm back. They win five straight. They get to the AFC Championship game. And they lost four in six weeks. I think what happens is they get to the expectations and quantum physics kick in. Pe- teams play them harder. I think they've passed that dip. I think you're going to see them. I really do. I think you're going to see them in the AFC Championship game, Dan.
6: He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Bayer. I expect it as well, but I just wonder when it's going to you know, turn on. Like Again, the Eagles had their dip. They're back to dominating. 49ers right now, dominating. Um, uh, Kansas City didn't dominate today. Dominated early, allowed the Broncos to get back in. Still time for them, but I just wonder with Buffalo, it's there for them. They went out; they're go- they're going to be you know they're going to be atop the conference and get home field. And the playoffs will have to go through Buffalo. I just want to see them get things on track. He is Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Byer. We are live from the Tire studios. Let's go to the news desk. Just one game remaining. Otherwise, everything is final or yet to come. Monty Bolaños is here for the latest.
11: Yeah, one game remaining, but like it's been over. You know, like it's, it's been, been over, over a for a long while. time. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. But there is still technically 73 seconds left in the game. But really, it's been San Francisco 49ers the entire time. 35. 7 is a score against the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, still in the game. We were like, is he going to still really play? No, yeah, he's been playing this whole time. He has completed 34 of 55 passes for 253 yards and that one touchdown that they managed to score in the third quarter. He also threw two interceptions. Mr. Irrelevant, though, Brock Purdy, who was trending a lot during this game, he completed 16 of 21 passes for 185 yards and two touchdowns. No interceptions, but really it was 40. 49ers the entire game.
6: There are numbers on the field right now for the 49ers that I have not seen before. <laughs> like, there, there are jersey numbers. Like, I see George Kittles out there, but yeah. Kyle Juszczyk, those are really the only numbers. I see a 6. I see a, th- you know, a Why 3. Why not? I just, it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
11: Get out there. Feel feel what it's like to play. <laughs> it's like the JV
6: team. you yeah. know, They still had some time from the JV game to still play. And
11: really, they could have done this in the third quarter. Yeah, they, they could have. They, they really could have. Christian McCaffrey had 14 carries, 119 yards, and a touchdown for the 49ers. The Seahawks went for an onside kick, but the Panthers were able to come out on top still 30-26. to 26. Sam Darnold, easy numbers, 14 of 24, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Geno Smith completed 21 of 36 passes for 264 yards. He had three touchdowns, two interceptions, but it was not enough. The Chiefs were able to hold on and beat the Broncos 34 to 28. Patrick Mahomes completed 28 of 42 passes for 352 yards and three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions in this game. Russell Wilson, who had to lead the game, had to lead the game after a hard hit because of a concussion. Prior to leaving, he had completed 23 of 36 passes for 247 yards and three touchdowns, only one interception. He really did come to life for the Broncos after being down, what, 27-0 at one point? Yeah, he really did come to life. Unfortunate, hard hit, had to exit the game with a concussion. The games that happened earlier today, the Lions, they defeated the Vikings 34-23. Detroit has now won five out of their last six games. Jared Goff, MVP for the second week, threw for 330 yards and three touchdowns. Now Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson had great games for the Vikings but it just was not enough. Kirk Cousins threw for 405 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Jefferson had 10 receptions, 213 yards, no touchdowns. The Bengals they had a slow start but they beat the Browns 23 to 10. The Bills defeated the Jets. It was kind of an ugly game but they came out on top 20 to 12. Josh Allen 16 of 27 for 147 yards, He had a touchdown and a rushing touchdown. The Jaguars topped the Titans 36 to 22. Trevor Lawrence and Another MVP, threw for 368 yards and three touchdowns, and he had a rushing touchdown. And the Eagles, the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the NFL. They are now 12-1 and after their total domination of the Giants. 48-22 was the final score. We also had the Cowboys. Oh, that was ugly. But they survived 27 to 23 over the Texans. Dak Prescott completed 24 of 39 passes for 284 yards and a touchdown. He also had two interceptions. The Ravens and the Steelers went at it with a quarterback who I'd never heard of. Anthony Brown had to come in to replace Tyler Huntley for the Ravens, who was already in for Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley was ruled out with a concussion, and there was a report that they think he's likely going to be out next week also wow. because it's a short week and lamar jackson probably can't go so it's going to be anthony brown probably again for the ravens who were able to still beat the steelers 16 to 14 we'll see what happens for, for the ravens because they're playing on saturday so it's a yeah. short week yes saturday game's
6: coming into play next correct. week correct yeah, right. yes.
11: yes so fellas it's been fun bernie always good to hear from you
6: Thanks so much.
10: Of
11: course. You guys have a good rest of your Sunday.
6: Uh, Monty's boyfriend will be happy since the Ravens did win that game. They did. Oh, yeah. no, he's
11: upset because of yeah. how they won. <laughs> he's upset. <laughs>
6: oh, well, he could be a Seahawks fan uh, Oh, like that's myself. rough. I, it, my
11: friend is at it, at the game. She traveled with one of her friends, and I was like, oh, that sucks. She went all the way there, and they're, they were going to
6: win. I'll tell you what. You can go and have a great rest of the night, Monty. We'll talk to you in week 15. Yeah. Here's my issue with the Seahawks, of Bernie. And then this may be coming from a fan standpoint, but all that we continue to talk about is the Russell Wilson trade, and it's correct. Like they, they won the trade, but you know it's 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 like someone who gets a hundred dollar bonus and spends three hundred dollars. You know, you know, like they they've spent it three times, and that's kind of where I think the Seahawks are starting to 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 fall because this loss today to Carolina and we talked about it during the show i thought that this game here really had the most effect on the playoff picture in the NFC cuz a seahawks loss now brings a lot of teams with 8 losses and 7 losses into the picture in the NFC like the packers aren't out of it right now like there's it it, it may take a lot but you can't say that they're they're out of it Carolina's win puts them in the thick of things now in the NFC South, as crazy as that sounds. Because with the Buccaneers losing again today, like that division isn't over with. But the Seahawks, we talk about the Russell Wilson trade and we talk about the play of Geno Smith, and we just think that there's, there's just so much house money to play with. I've said that this trade has made people forget about how bad the Jamal Adams deal was, which was actually a trade that we had talked about. Oh, um, good point. You know, multiple times. And not only, like, it was the timing of the trade because they didn't do it before the draft, they did it after the draft. So they kind of had to give up two future first round picks for him. They ended up signing Adams to a contract. Now, you know, he's. Loss for the season after playing a half a football, but this team is also, uh, you know, they have holes. Like they, the, the story was so good, and we're so like attached to the story of Pete Carroll getting over on Russell Wilson and all of Russell Wilson's struggles. There's a realistic possibility the Seahawks don't make the playoffs after losing today. They have to play the Jets yet. They've got the 49ers on Thursday. Uh, They wrap up the year with the Rams, but you know what? I didn't even mention a trip to Kansas City. And, and that Kansas City game for the Chiefs is going to be a must-win game. So now when you see, like, how this has all changed, like, we're going to talk so much, and we've talked so much over the last three months about what a great deal it is with the Seahawks, but now they've lost their last three games. You're sitting there um, – well, they won – excuse me, three of the last four because they won against the Rams last week, but you've won – or lost two games that you should have won at home another now the road's just very difficult. And now you've got all these other teams that are in the thick of it, but uh, a tough loss for the, the Seahawks today, one where they were just dominated physically by Carolina.
8: Yeah, you're never going to like the way you lose, but if you look at the optics of today's game in Seattle, especially when the uh, expectations heading into the game were so high, they were six-point favorites over the Panthers who were 4-8, and had won a game on the road all year, brought injuries into the game, and, Before the seats are warm, Carolina jumps out to a 17-0 lead. And they were pushing Seattle around. Dan, you brought some up a couple hours ago. I might have poo-pooed it. Obviously, Seattle very much misses Ken Walker III. They ran for just 46 yards today. That creates a lot of extra pressure for Geno Smith. And he had a hell of a rough day. Uh, Seattle are checked that the Panthers were living in his backfield. Geno throws a couple of picks. End of the day, it was a mistake-filled game. There was a real lack of balance for... Seattle on both sides of the ball, and to your point, no rest for the wicked. They get to play the Niners, who seem to be at the top of their game, and when they played a few weeks ago in uh, Levi Stadium, I believe they lost 27-7. So they've got to lick their wounds and get ready pretty quickly because this could slip away nicely for the Seahawks, and the only two teams heading into today that were mathematically eliminated are the Bears and the Texans. Now, stranger things have happened. I can't name any, but there could be a team that will slip through I don't know. Maybe it is the Packers. Maybe it's the Lions. You just don't know. But the Seahawks can no longer do what they were doing before. They're going to end up on borrowed time. If they'd have won today, the numbers tell us 88% chance of making the playoffs. That's probably cut in half after today.
6: Yeah, and Commanders and Giants right now occupy the final two wild cards in the NFC. you got the Lions knocking on the door, and then the, the teams with eight losses. Uh, Arizona plays on Monday night, so they could get to 5-8, and eight, but that includes the Falcons, the Panthers, who just beat the Seahawks, and those Green Bay Packers, and there, are your Lions sitting there at 6-7 and seven with a lot to play for down the stretch. Get Bernie on Twitter, at Bernie Fratto. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. It is a Fox Football Sunday here on Fox Sports Radio, live from the tireact.com studios. There are a couple of anom- uh, anomalies in week 14. One when it comes to the divisions, another when it comes to buys. We'll talk about that plus our MVPs as we wrap up Red Zone Radio next here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Do you love Selena? Like,
9: really love?
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Fox Sports Red Zone Radio, Week 14. Our MVP's coming up in just a matter of minutes. He's Bernie Fratto. I'm Dan Byer. Glad to have you with us. Interesting week, Bernie. Seven divisional games in Week 14. You know, we know that we get the last week of the year when it's only divisional matchups, but gosh, we had a bunch today. We watched the uh, Chiefs and Broncos play in that exciting contest, Jets and Bills. Um, Got Lions, Vikings, Browns, Bengals, uh, Eagles, Giants, but seven divisional games. Ravens, Steelers. You mentioned that one. Um, Seven divisional games in week 14. A bit odd that we, you know, but we are coming down the stretch. You know, there are some oddities in the NFL schedule, but we had that this week.
8: Yeah, plus six teams on a bye, and now uh, the byes are over with. Uh, The divisional games matter. A couple takeaways for me because you mentioned Kenneth Walker and the inverse proportion of that. J.K. Dobbins got back with Baltimore Day today. What oh, yeah. a difference. What a difference one guy can
6: make, Dan. Yes, and we we think that Baltimore could just take guys and plug them in, whether it be Gus Edwards or whether it be Kenyon Drake. Um, they tried a little Mike Davis at times, but no, they are different with J.K. Dobbins. Again, Lamar Jackson expected to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, they're going to have shorthanded at quarterback on Saturday, likely against the Browns, but that does boost their running attack. And you mentioned the six buys. As a fantasy football player, I can't stand it cuz there are leagues. This is the final week of the regular season mm. and to have to have like a Jonathan Taylor or an Aaron Jones on bye is just blasphemy. I'm just glad that there were a bunch of bad teams that were on by or teams that don't have as many fantasy guys because otherwise it would have been catastrophic for teams around the league. Just a bad job by the NFL. You gotta realize this is where some of your bread is buttered. A late by a late bye, by the way, for the Saints doesn't do the Saints much good when it's in week fourteen and they're likely out of the playoffs. You know, it's just it's a change has got to be made in the NFL.
8: You know that's an excellent point. I'm trying to remember we're in mid-December essentially, and to give those teams a buy this late in the season, I think it can yeah. work for them and against them, and it, it creates perhaps a bit of an imbalance. I, I'm with you. That that's something they need to
6: revisit, Dan. Let's go to our MVPs for Week 14.
7: This is Fox Sports Red Zone Radio. M- Let's go! Most valuable plays. Raiders and Rams. 23 remaining, 15 seconds. Mayfield flings it, left side, end zone. Caught! Caught! Caught by Ben Jefferson! With nine seconds remaining! Touchdown, LA! Rams Radio Network. Jets at Bills. Allen looks, looks, fires it downfield. Caught by Dawson, knocks at the eight, dives into the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Touchdown! Buffalo.
8: Dawson Knox was wide open.
7: WGR 550, Bills Radio Network. Browns at Bengals. Burrow catches a
2: high snap. Now it's
7: a flea flicker.
2: Got him. He's going to throw it deep. Got He's got a man open. Woo. Over the shoulder catch. Trenton
6: Irwin at the six. Touchdown. Baby. Baby. Bengals, the flea flicker, executed to perfection.
7: 700 WLW, Bengals Radio Network. <laughs> Texans and Cowboys. In the gun, Prescott, snap
12: back, handoff,
7: Elliott driving, pushing,
8: touchdown! He's of Elliott, head for the kettle, no, fakes the kettle, says I'm not getting a fine, I'm just taking the touchdown.
7: The Dallas Cowboys radio network. <laughs> Vikings and Lions. Koff looks out over that Minnesota defense, now he ducks in, hands it to Jackson, bounces left, outside of the tent, Jackson five, angling for the end zone, did he get in? Sir, touchdown Detroit Lions. WXYT FM 97.1, The Ticket Lions Radio Network. That's how winners are made. That's how winning teams are made. Jaguars and Titans. Trevor fires left side. That ball is going to be caught for the touchdown by Evan Ingram in the left corner of the end zone. Are you kidding me? WJXL-AM 1010 and FM 92.5 Jaguars Radio. Eagles and Giants.
2: Breaks away at the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, (laughs) 5.
7: Miles Sanders, touchdown. 94 WIP, Eagles Radio Network. Ravens and Steelers. Dobbins to the right side, double, pumps, lunges, touchdown, a Ravens.
8: J.K. Dobbins just willing his way through a traffic jam of Steelers.
7: 98 Rock Ravens Radio Network. Buccaneers at
2: 49ers. Purdy going to hand off to McCaffrey again. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown!
7: CMC! KNBR 49ers Radio Network. Chiefs at Broncos. Mahomes turning right, now left, spinning, trying to keep the play alive, and fires it at the back of the end zone, caught, touchdown, Juju Smith-Schuster, touchdown, Kansas City, Mahomes kept the play alive, spinning, turning, looking. 106.5 The Wolf and the Chiefs Radio Network. Panthers at Seahawks.
6: Donald in the shotgun, there goes Chenault behind the QB, the snap, the to to Blackshear, protects yep, the ball, yep. he's got the ball! Touchdown, Raheem Blackshear!
7: 99.7 The Fox Panthers Radio Network. The most valuable plays. Devils for everybody! This is Fox Football Sunday.
6: Big thanks to Ricky Herrera and the Fox Sports Radio Imaging Department for putting together our MVPs. And a big thanks to you, Bernie, for hanging out again. Love to having you. Dan,
8: Dan, thanks so much. My best to Broderick. Santa Claus, 13 days away. (laughs)
6: for birdie fratto i'm dan buyer enjoy chargers and dolphins tonight we'll talk to you in week 15.